and welcome back once again to the another exciting edition of Hudson Hawk Minute, the podcast where we swing on a star and analyze just why the hell they made the film Hudson Hawk one wait, minute wait, wait. at a time. Nile, Nile, Nile. I mean, more than anyone, I want to know why the hell they made Hudson Hawk. But there's a slight problem. What? 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 I don't. Uh... We're still doing Die Hard Minute. Okay. This isn't Hudson Hawk. For, for like the first time, that's kind of a relief to find that out because I really was like, why the hell did we agree to do Hudson Hawk Minute? That seemed like, I thought, did I have like some kind of seizure before I did it? <laughs> like, oh, no, right. I, I would be the first person to do it. But unfortunately, no, it's still uh, Die Hard Minute. We're, we're still doing this, so you're going to have to scrap all your notes. All we're going right. to have to just uh, wing uh, it. We're going to have to just do this on the fly. Would, it, uh, would this minute happen to minute we're reviewing today, well, that happened to come after the Die Hard Minute we, we went over just yesterday. Yeah, by a strange coincidence, yeah, actually. T- today is the next day in oh, our, in our oh. sequence, so it's perfectly fine. We'll be okay. We'll oh, be okay. Convenient. Just change the tape. Alright, alright, alright. Anyway, um, so apparently we're back again to do Another episode of Die Hard Minutes, uh, the podcast where we analyze, scrutinize, and die hard. I don't know. I, I was trying to wing <laughs> that. That didn't come out right at all. Oh, uh, no. You're you a tried. Failure. That was a good good effort. <laughs> a plus. But uh, today we're B-. here. Uh, oh, I'm one of the hosts from Bat Minute 89, Niall McGowan. I am also from Bat Minute 89. I am John Parker. And oh, today we're here. We're joined by a guest. I am Stephanie Palacino or Caffeine Jedi on YouTube or Facebook. Yeah, uh-huh. and uh, thanks for joining us, Stephanie. It's uh, yeah, no worries. It's always good to have someone to back us up. <laughs> if you've listened to our show, you might have heard Stephanie already. Uh, if not, go and listen to it because it's great. Yeah. You know, I, I was trying, like, I realized, listening back to the podcast, I was like, you know, my new goal is to get, like, the record bleeps for <laughs> profanity oh. in your show. So I was like, this is going to be, this is going to be a good one. I'm going to try. <laughs> Thing is, though, look look for the episode with Lauren Ashley Carter and see what you have to beat, because it was ridiculous <laughs> the amount of times we had to bleep her. E- excellent. Let, let's get it f- on. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, today we're going to talk about Minute 84 of Die Hard. Minute 84 begins with Ellis sort of yammering down the radio to McLean and ends one minute later with Ellis yammering down the radio to McLean. Oh, that, my that, God. What a douchebag freaking thumbs up that is. Like, <laughs> yeah. It looks like he's going to sell me that Pepsi that they pour at the end. <laughs> Everything he does is irritating. I can't stress this enough. I've said it so many times already on this show. I hate him. I hate him. <laughs> oh, well, what's your opinion of him, though, Stephanie? Because we have had, we've had people who have been on who like love to hate Ellis. It's like, oh, he's such a lovable sleazeball. And other oh, people who are no, like, I just hate him. I think he is a typical yuppie douchebag like stereotype. And come on. The problem is that you have such a good villain in Hans Gruber that it's like, ugh. <laughs> <laughs> like I guess you need this. I don't know if he's making Hans Gruber look better by comparison. Like you know, is <laughs> that what, is, yeah. what's going on? And I swear they're trying to sell me that that Coca Cola. Like that's the whole point. It's like, ding Coca Cola. Like that's what I'm expecting it to pop up. You know, because like this like just whole facade. No, no, no. Uh, I think he's a, he's a char- he's a character that I do not like, but I understand why he's there. Mm. That's what I'll say. 
at the beginning though of the while he's talking to McLean, it's again that like we'll, we'll touch on it in another minute. We're just talking about like his approach to this whole thing is that this is like a he's trying to do this like this is a business meeting, like one of his sort of million dollar deals that he's allegedly does over breakfast and stuff. And it's just the way that he's talking though is just like oh the you know the L.A. police are here now that you know. And the words he's coming out with, like, you know, that ain't gonna happen, and, you know, capiche, and all this kind of stuff. It's real yuppie talk, kind of, mm. like, eh, it's, yeah, it's yeah, business, yeah. but I'm casual, I'm a casual guy, we're buddies. Yeah, here. and he's got, like, a bulky bodyguard, like, popping open a can of Coke and, like, just pouring it for him, like, <laughs> you know, you have to have some freaking just cojones to freaking do that it's like oh yeah well, and his, he looks like he's gonna lick that freaking like uh radio like it's made out of uh lollipop he's like oh, <laughs> our beautiful woman i think that's what it is he's like really like caressing it into like he, he wants to have sex with that radio <laughs> oh my god that that isn't something i uh i picked up on but now that's all i'm gonna see every time I now, watch now this look at now. it look like take a look and really like just look at the movements and pretend that that was like the the back of the head of a woman mm. like oh yeah <laughs> well he probably he probably would treat like a date like a business meeting like he's he's trying to make the sale yeah he's, he's selling himself <laughs> just don't like, harvey you know. weinstein it okay don't start me <laughs> in the shower. Oh, yeah, we, we won't go there. We won't go there. But uh, I mean, those are not oh. business meetings. All right, that's not how it's supposed to go, people. All right, if you're in one of those positions, well, no, it's exactly. not professional that... to take your clothes off, <laughs> unless you're a stripper, and then it is. But even then, you know, under certain circumstances, very specific circumstances. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But uh, well, again, like he's a he's a sleazeball. He's he's not a cool guy. And he, he comes across as a total jerk with his whole capiche. And as you were saying, Nal, all these cool words he comes out with. He wants to seem like he wants to seem kind of like one of the guys, like with the terrorists and with John. But like neither of them are buying it. Like both of them think, what a jack. Yeah. It's, 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 Listen, it's not me, you know. Yeah. I, oh. It's weird though the the way that he says "ain't" as well. Like it, it seems here <laughs> like this is him really trying. The way he emphasizes it, this is like this is casual talk, like saying. Ain't. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, capiche then as well, obviously. But yeah, even the, even the way Ellis is sitting, though. Like, what's this weird? Like, he's got the f- feet up and then he's got the hand kind of resting limply on his knee. And he just looks way, way too casual for this situation. He does. It just looks like way too much of like, you shouldn't be this. Like, they, you're not endearing themselves, yourself to these, you know, terrorists as well. Because like, they want mm. to think that they're at least intimidating you. And you're just, just like, hey, I don't care. Look at me. Look how cool and laid back I am. It's like, uh, you're not doing yourself any favors here, buddy, you know? Well, he doesn't do himself any favors because he ends up getting... Well, I don't know. Are we allowed to spoil this? I mean, no. are we... <laughs> uh, everyone's seen it, I'm sure. Uh, it's, it's, you know, well, the thing is, in, this, in my head, I keep thinking it's a 90s movie, but it's not. It's a late 80s movie. But I honestly thought, just even from this one little scene, but yeah, having to watch it again, it, it, it's got great cinematography. And, like, the action really holds up. Like, oh, it was God, shot really well. Mm. Like, it does not look like 80s cheese in that same yeah. way. Um, I think that's the thing with 80s movies. They either come off as, like, super cheese ball, and you're like, man, that is so ridiculously 80s. Or you're like, actually, you know, besides a couple of people's hair, <laughs> this could happen at any point, you know? Like Ferris Bueller's Day Off, like beyond the whole rise of like social media and smartphones and stuff. If you just took, you took that out of your mind 
and just watch Ferris Bueller, it doesn't look dated. It looks like they're not even even the fashions or something. You're just like, yeah, this could this could be now. You know, this- yeah, yeah. Th- there was this one thing about that movie where they were like, I don't know, somebody analyzed it and they were like, man, Ferris is like a sociopath. He's actually really <laughs> horrible if you think about all the evil things he does. <laughs> Yeah, he's not really the nicest guy, to be perfectly no, no, honest. No. You, you don't really want to be like him when, you, when you're when you a kid. Sister. You're like, oh, he's so cool. And then as you get older, you watch it and you're like, oh, I don't know, actually. I don't know about this guy. What was his sister? Uh, is it Jennifer Grey who was his sister? Yeah, 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 Jennifer Grey. Yeah, and then she's making out with Charlie Sheen. <laughs> like, are you in here for drugs? No. What about you? Drugs. <laughs> <laughs> well, with, uh, with, with Die Hard, I'd say in some ways, this is definitely a big kind of blueprint for a lot of 90s action movies. Oh, yeah, so yeah. That's Absolutely. probably why it seems a bit more, you know, I don't say modern because that's not modern anymore. I feel old. Good God. <laughs> but Just look at Bruce Willis nowadays and look at him then and then it's, that's how you can tell. And you're like, oh. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, other than that, I mean, it's 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 quite snappily paced. It doesn't, I mean, it's not it's not to the ridiculous degree of some action movies now where it's a cut every two seconds or anything, but, you know, it moves at a clip. It's, it, it keeps going. There's something happening all the mm. time. I mean, there are also those newer, like now that they have all those like really stupid newer Die Hard movies, it's like, oh god, you know, it just makes the other ones like, oh dude, you ever like? There's always that moment in movies where you like try to pretend these never happened. Uh, okay. <laughs> do you guys have that? Where do, where do you guys have that from? Like, I'm trying to think of like other movies or even TV shows where I was like, yeah, and then I, I just like in my head, I pretended that's oh, what yeah. I, I got. I got stuff on because obviously the, this this show and our own podcast inspired by the Star Wars minute. And I remember they, there's a whole they have the Star Wars Minutes Listener Society where people come in and you talk about whatever you want, as long as it's Star Wars related. And uh, I got in, I got guff from a guy one time because I commented on a thing about uh, the prequels. And I was just like, yeah, my, my headcanon. Like, I can accept things that happen in this as being part of the story, but 3PO had been built by Anakin. That, no. no. My version of Star no, no, Wars, no. my head, that didn't happen. And just Jake Lloyd in general. This didn't happen. And he's just like, oh, well, yeah. that's too bad because it did. That is canon. That's in the story. I'm like, <laughs> not in my head. It isn't. He's like, well, your head doesn't matter, does it? And it's like, to no, me, it, it totally does. does. You know? It's exactly what it matters. Exactly. Oh, man. I think there's, I'm trying to think of something else where like recently I thought that I was like, you know what? I'm just going to pretend that this is the point where this ended. And um, I think I, even the other day I saw the tail end of Dumb and Dumber 2. And it was just so horrified. Oh. And I was just like. Dumb and Dumber ended ended with Dumb and Dumber one. That was oh, yeah. <laughs> there was no Z- Zoolander. That's the one I was thinking of. Like I watched the second. Oh. I was like, dude, wow. I'm gonna pretend this never happened. Like because Zoolander, the first one is hilarious. It's like ridiculous. It's really stupid, but it's funny. Mm. The second one was just like, what is no no. <laughs> well, of course. I mean, I I had the same thing. I didn't mind. I've probably mentioned this already. Die Hard four. It was okay, but Die Hard five, the Russian one. That didn't happen. Yeah. No way. There's no way. That was some kind of John McClane fever dream. Uh, he was ill. I, he had the flu. I was, I, still, I, I was flipping around last night. I actually caught the end of the second one again. I still have trouble with Die Hard 2. I know it gets a lot of people defend it nowadays. <laughs> but, yeah, I quite like it. It's just even okay. at the end when he's like reunited with Holly and she does this, you know, oh, John, why does this keep happening to us? And I was like, oh, <laughs> That's a bit silly. <laughs> yeah. like, it really is like, no, it's just way too far. Way too far, man. <laughs> Well, with regards to this minute, I had a question here. I was confused because Ellis seems to insinuate that because of what John's doing, you know, he's, he's running around causing chaos, uh, that they the police won't speak to them. Now, that, that, that seemed a bit strange to me because he's he wants 
He's saying the terrorists want to speak to the LA police. Yeah, yeah that actually. Yeah. But he seems to suggest that they won't do it because of John. Like, why? He's just some dude. Like, if anything, I don't get it either. Yeah. And surely he's drawing attention to all of this. So isn't that a good thing? Like, because if they want to negotiate, which they don't, but they're pretending they do. I guess maybe. <laughs> if they want to, then he's drawing attention to it. He's getting the police involved. Cool. Yeah. I guess it could be that it's an attempt to kind of blackmail McLean because it's kind of like, look, this situation could be getting sorted, but they won't enter into negotiations with the L.A. police until you're taken care of. So it's... Oh, the terrorists won't yeah. do it from there. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah. But, that makes a lot more sense than what I was thinking. But the, yeah, 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 I was also confused by that. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, good to see McLean then starting to... He starts sort of piecing this together as well. It's a good bit of like mm. subtle facial acting from Bruce Willis. You see, see him yeah. kind of... Yeah, I mean, you don't expect Bruce Willis to be a subtle facial yeah. actor, but there you go. You can see it dawns on him what, what's happening. Because mm, he does ca- cautiously ask, like, yo, Ellis, what have you told them? Because he's just like, this, he can't have flat out said, like, he's the wife or he's the husband of <laughs> Holly McLean or Holly Gennaro who's here and stuff. <laughs> but then the fact, you know, he, he does this very subtly. And then Ellis... And he does this, you know, I told him we were old friends and you were my guest at the party. In the most obvious, uh, <laughs> this is our story, right? Mm-hmm. Kind of way of talking. And even it's hand motion, he's doing a little rotation hand motion, which you would do to someone in the room. They'd be like, play along, <laughs> right? And it's like, <laughs> what the hell? This guy's such an idiot. You know? but- it, it's, it's crazy. I don't understand his tactic whatsoever. And like, and John, you feel bad for him because he's worrying about everyone in the outcome of this. He's even thinking about Ellis here. Like, he could throw that guy under the bus just outright. <laughs> like, but he, he, he's trying to subtly work out a way he can help him <laughs> and find out what he said. And uh, Ellis is just being a, it's yeah. stupid, as usual. An idiot. A, a jerk. <laughs> ah. <laughs> well, he gets what's coming to him. Spoiler for next episode. Or maybe he's not the next Spoiler. episode. Maybe uh, we don't know what happens. I do, I do love as well, of course, uh, that the uh, the terrorists bring him a can of Coke. Yeah. I, I, I love the way he's getting little perks yeah. out of them. Yeah. So this will keep Ellis sweet. He wants a can of Coke. There we go. I'll just sort of string him along for a bit and hope he'll do what he said he'd do. And is it just my headphones, right? I don't know. It could be. But is the sound of the Coke fizzing insanely high in the mix? Like, it's yeah. very loud. It's clearly it's coming up over the radio to <laughs> McLean. But to be fair, though, because I think it's Franco is the, is the terrorist, because you can tell by the, the, the jumper that it's Franco. I'm glad you remember the name, <laughs> even though I have a list of the names in front of me, I can never remember but what's going on. This is the most reckless pouring of a Coke I've ever seen. Because <laughs> this is like... What would actually happen in reality there is that that would have fizzed up over the glass and then it'd be all you would have heard on Ellis's side and on their side would be like, oh, oh, trying to mop up the fizz and stuff because it's just like he just plonks it down, opens it, and then, dude, you have to tilt the glass. That's the whole tilt the glass. This is what I was about to ask you, right? Because I do this with beer because people, people tell you to do it with a beer, especially like a wheat beer, which I'm a big fan of. And, and, you know, I went to Germany, they got the vice beer, they tilt it, they just chuck the bottle in, and it's fine. I try it. It just always, it, it, it's coming up the glass rapidly. It almost <laughs> goes right over the edge. I have to, like, slurp it off the top. Like, oh, God, panicking. Mm. Is it just me? Am I just an idiot? I, I don't drink beer, so I couldn't tell you. Oh, oh, I oh you've let us down. 
Yeah, and I said that, you know, with that little air of arrogance. I don't drink beer. That's peasant <laughs> drink. Thank you. I'll be having the Chardonnay, actually. <laughs> <laughs> That's a... Have you had caffeinated or, like, carbonated drinks out of a glass, though? Because it's yeah, the same I mean, principle. But, you know, the thing is, okay, here's the thing. I like glass bottle Cokes. Like, coconut glass bottle tastes the best. Oh, it's the best. Yeah, it is, it is, because it doesn't get that disgusting plastic taste that, you know, is probably full of poison. And or the metal it, tang. The tin, the tin, exactly, the tin taste that you get, you know, if you get the aluminum cans, right? The glass is better. And, you know, Asterix, the Mexican one is better because it's actually made with sugar and not high fructose syrup. But back to my point. I actually hate when I would buy a glass bottle of Coke and then they pour it into a regular glass. I'm like, no, <laughs> I'm drink I want it, it in out the of bottle. the freaking bottle. <laughs> yeah, like, fair enough doing it with a can or a plastic bottle or, or any other Coke, put it in a glass. Cool. But the glass bottle's already in a glass. <laughs> exactly. Well, I'm, I'm even wondering why they've put this in a glass form because more like already wants a Coke, just like hand him a can of Coke. But was, did he specify, like, I'd like a Coke in a glass, please? Or, like, what was, what, why why do the etiquette of, like, mm. pour it out for him? <laughs> I, I've started doing this in the home now. Like, th- this past Christmas, actually, because I bought loads of Coke to, like, mix with stuff and things. And I've been putting it in glasses. It, it, it's nicer. <laughs> There's no doubt about it. It's nicer. And you can put some ice in it if you want some ice, you know. Fair enough, fair enough. But, but he, he hasn't got ice, so that's, a, that's yeah. off the table. But, you know. And particularly, too, at that party, you know there's ice going, there's there's ice somewhere out in that, you know, that giant friggin' party room that the, everyone's been held hostage. There's, yeah, someone's got something. There's got to be booze all over the place, too. Yeah, yeah. Is it bo- and Coke. Where's there no cocaine? Yeah, he's the exact kind of guy who'd just be hitting that cocaine. <laughs> These are a bunch of 80s rich L.A. executives. Oh, no, to be fair, at the beginning, when, uh, when McLean comes into if they call his office, this office, uh, Ellis is doing cocaine. He comes in and he, oh, he, yeah, he goes a big like, and he's clearly got, he's been doing something. Mm. So it's like, yeah, you got uh, the implication. Yeah, of, yeah, you're probably right. If I thought he'd be going in for more. Like, you know, you're in a terrorist situation. I'd be you, taking you, a bump like all the time. Like, yeah. yep. I guess you, you want to be getting off that. your head, don't you? Surely to get through this. Yeah, and you need to freaking like, you know, to, to like keep your nerves at bay. Mm. Except to be honest, cocaine is like one of those things that does the opposite. <laughs> I freak the hell out. Oh God, oh God, oh God, oh God. The world is great. I'm wonderful. The world is great. I'm wonderful. Does anyone else's heart feel like it's going to explode? Yeah, I'd like one more bump. That's fine. Why did I do that? <laughs> oh, okay. At least then if he messed something up, he could just blame the cocaine. <laughs> I guess maybe he just wants to come off as like, well, it's a business deal. I'm supposed to be professional. So to ask them for cocaine from like, I've got some cocaine hidden in here. Do you mind if I have Look, that? Look, they're terrorists. Then they, they should definitely have some cocaine. <laughs> and, and what's more 80s business arrangement than sealing the deal with a line of cocaine? <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> I mean, that's what he's planning for afterwards. Is like, get me like a little uh, Coca-Cola, and then we'll have some real Coke once uh, I get McLean down here. You, you get me, huh? Get my drift. Yeah, that's what you exactly. do, isn't it? Yeah, no, I totally, totally think so. Definitely. There's not enough cocaine in this movie. <laughs> but, but I have to ask, ask a thing here, um, while we have an American on the show with us, because I think, I'm not too sure if this is like an old Irish wives' tale, or is this just a thing that my my mom in particular made up? Because I know that like, you know, Coca Cola was created by was created by yeah, it did really have cocaine in it. Yeah. If that's what you're asking. Oh no, but not, not so much that. Them. But the, you know, it was it was <laughs> created by it was John Pemberton because he was addicted to morphine and he was trying to find a mm-hmm. something to sort of get off morphine. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, 
and eventually came up with this thing. It's supposed to have medicinal properties. And then mm-hmm. when I was sick, when I was a kid, my mom used to always boil Coke. And oh then, my god, I've heard of this. I've heard of people doing this. Yeah, not me. No, no, not me. But I've heard of this actually being a thing. Mm. Okay, so I thought maybe that was just a thing that she made up. <laughs> that was no, just... no, no, no. The cola bean. It's it's like the the bean that they use to flavor it. Apparently, it's medicinal. Oh, okay. God. I could picture that. I mean, I've heard people. This might be an English thing. Having it, you know, rum, flat. Having rum. <laughs> having <laughs> like, rum. Yeah. Uh, no, you <laughs> know, sick. having uh, having flat coke. If you've got an upset stomach, apparently that helps. But only when it's not carbonated. Like, you, you let it go flat, and then you have it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I've never tried that. I do, I do works, ginger but... ale or ginger beer. Well, I don't get about that. The flat Coke thing is the fact that, like, well, you'd have to... If you're, like, you know, really uncomfortable with an upset stomach, open up a can of Coke, what's it going to be? Like, another hour and a half before that goes flat? It's like, it's not really an immediate... <laughs> Unless you just say, I just, I just have open cans of Coke around the house all the time, just in case I get an upset stomach one day. I'm like, oh, thank God, I got that to hand. Maybe we <laughs> should all be uh, get a big plastic bottle, you know, have a couple of glasses, and then just leave it in the fridge for when you need it. And again, maybe that was what the the boiling of the Coke was supposed to be. It was like, oh, this helps it go, it gets it flat faster. I'm not too sure, but I, I was always under the impression that maybe it was like a placebo. That I was, my mom was like, yep, this is the cure. Where can we get these placebos? Maybe they're in that truck. (laughs) That's a great reference. I'm I'm on board with that. That's staying in. Um, But no, I reckon, Niall, the boiling, that'll remove the carbonation. Same same kind of wavelength here. Maybe it's nice. I don't know. We'll we'll have to try it. I don't think Ellis is uh, the kind of guy to go for that. No, no. (laughs) Again, though, like he's probably, he's just lucky that this Coke isn't spilled all over the place. Because again, Reckless pouring technique from Franco there. Terrible. Again, I, disgusting. Uh, you know, I was going to get to say, John, but like, yeah, tilting the glass, that totally does. I've seen, uh, we've had this conversation before because, yeah, you just tilt the glass. I've seen you mess it up. And I was like, I don't know what you're doing, man. <laughs> you just not got, yeah, the, it, it, not got the wrist technique down or something. But It must be that, right? Because I try and it fails. I try and it fails. And I'm the kind of person as well, I'll have a swig of beer, put my bottle down. Oh, yeah, it goes. And the bottle will explode. It's like, what the Holy f- crap. <laughs> Oh, this this little smile Ellis gives after he gets the coke, though, and he's you know he's been uh, stringing John along. Oh man! And actually, you mentioned the thumbs up. It's like oh, it's just the most revolting. Ah, I want to slap his face. I know it's it's pretty bad. It's like I I say this as a man who does the thumbs up every ten minutes, (laughs) (laughs) but it's in more of a like a Dale Cooper kind of way, (laughs) like a Twin Peaks, not not an Ellis way. Yeah, but what I like though, it's like. This is kind of continuing on the thing that I think we've brought up before in that, like, Ellis's whole persona is that he can't show any level of vulnerability. It's like, oh, cool, 80s yuppie guy. But this is, the, the <laughs> thumbs up comes immediately after. He does like a good bit of, like, oh, it's almost like a good bit of acting on Ellis's part because he's just like, John, listen, if you don't get the detonators, they're going to kill me. And it makes him sound very, like, I'm, I'm scared, John, you know, I'm vulnerable. Yeah. And then it's the fact that it cuts to him and he's just kind of like goofing around with Hans and then giving him this really sleazy thumbs up. It's kind of him still going, like, hey, I know that was, a, that was me portraying vulnerability, but we're cool, right? Uh, you know, I'm the. <laughs> yeah. It almost makes you feel sorry for him. <laughs> in a way i mean yeah i, I hate him I, I go on about it a lot but i mean he doesn't deserve what happens really does he i mean he's he's a jackass but he, he deserves a little bit better he should make i'd have liked him to change throughout the movie that would have been nice <laughs> but um that as well i love the way he's basically the the lie he's telling john 
it is the truth without him knowing it. Like, they are going to kill him. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, so he, <laughs> I mean, does, I think John knows that, A, he's sort of uh, saying it as a lie, but, B, that it's going to happen. John may have dealt with people like this before. Oh, yeah, totally. Oh, no, no, McLean, he he definitely knows exactly what's going to happen. But... Like, well, I've dealt with your kind before. Mm. <laughs> You're going to die. But it's just the fact that Ellis, because he's trying to play all the, the cards here, because then, you know, actually, we're coming up, it's pretty much the end of the minute now, because after this doesn't work, he starts going like, well, I'll try the vulnerability thing, and then he goes into his, okay, John, get with the program, okay? He's like, all right, I'm going to have to be, like, angry with him now and stuff. And it's like... He's trying to play all his bases here and nothing's nothing's working kind of thing. You get that sort of mm-hmm. sort of slight mounting bit of desperation of his like, oh God, what have I what have I got myself into here? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's slowly dawning on him that maybe this wasn't the best idea to to, to think that he could just yeah. come in and defuse the entire situation through uh you know, yuppie wheelings and dealings, basically. <laughs> yeah, no, good try. I'd say it's definitely desperation, as you say as well, because it, realistically, if you're going to change your approach, I don't think you should just change it at the drop of a hat, like completely. Like I'm going to go from good cop to bad cop in two seconds flat. It's like uh, I think you should maybe try and kind of uh, you know work your way into this new <laughs> because uh, John will be like, whoa, whoa, <laughs> that was a that was a shift. Um, <laughs> so I think he is. He's desperate. He's like, I'm, I'm just going to try something completely different because I've got to. It's not working. And and again, he, it's another lie. He says, you know, um, he says John has to speak up about the detonators or somebody's going to get hurt. It's like, well, it's true though. Yeah. Like yeah, without <laughs> him knowing, it is completely true. Yeah. No, I agree. Mm. As one of the things, I'm pretty sure, like the the Mogwai Minute guys would have brought this up as well because I've seen them talk about it elsewhere. But McLean's vest at this point, that looks like for the purposes of filming. They just changed Bruce Willis into like a green vest because it's like I get that's supposed to be all the dirt and dust and stuff, but it flat out just looks like a green shirt or a green oh yeah yeah vest at this point. <laughs> so I'm just wondering if that was the trickery behind. It's like, well, we can't maintain this dirty one we've given him all the time. Just give him a green vest now. <laughs> that's it. Yeah, because I don't think he's really he's not got up to enough yet for it to be that filthy. Surely, I'm, I'm, like it's not got into the real. The, the real meat of the of the action. I guess it'll be all from the vent, from that one vent that he was in way back How when. How filthy is this damn vent? <laughs> oh, it must be pretty gross. Yeah. I imagine it's disgusting. But then it's so thoroughly green, though. It's like, I don't know if it'd be every single fiber on your vest would be completely green, but... <laughs> yeah. It's probably easier for the, the wardrobe department. It's like, well, we don't want to maintain the consistency of where the dirt is. Screw it. Just make the whole thing filthy. Yeah, yeah. But uh, but yeah, that's pretty much like the in terms of the action for the minute. Uh, do you two have anything else? Any other notes you want to chuck in? Have been like, hey, this was a thing, or <laughs> was it a thing? <laughs> Some would say yeah. it was a thing. No, I'm I'm done for notes. I mean, well, we do we do like to ask our guests, even on this show. Stephanie, do you have any kind of history with this movie? Like, did you did you grow up with it or anything like? That? Uh, I can say that I I watched uh. Di- Die Hard with a Vengeance first because I was a little kid and my parents took me to see it because they wanted to go watch it. So oh, cool. my first Die Hard was Die Hard what, with a Vengeance. What age were you, though? Would that and, not be like... Uh, I must have been like eight. Yeah, so, that's fine. That's fine. So I wasn't too young, but I do remember that scene 
with the sandwich board oh. and um and Bruce Willis walking into the neighborhood and then Samuel L. Jackson having to go and like save yeah. him. <laughs> and like that one line that Samuel Jackson says to his kids, Don't trust white people. <laughs> and I was like, Mm-hmm, that's right. <laughs> I was I was like, All right. Uh, well, and yeah. I, like as an eight year old, this is like me internalizing all the stuff. I'm like, huh. Interesting. <laughs> like I guess what they're do I get what they're doing with that sandwich board thing, but I can imagine now in like a, a mainstream action film that scene would not even get considered to put, be put in. No. It's like, you no. cannot do that whatsoever. It's like, it'd be suicide to do that. <laughs> Which is a shame because that is such an interesting part of the film that they that they went there yeah, in, yeah. in a I diehard like movie. I think it was great. <laughs> mm, mm. Yeah, the fact they would even approach that that topic in that way is pretty, uh, pretty ballsy, pretty shocking. Yeah. I remember the third one... Like, because you know, I was okay with violence when I was a kid. Like, I, you know, sit and watch, like, Predator and Terminator and stuff. And be like, ah, whatever. Yeah, same. I remember Die Hard with Avengers has a couple of bits in it that I was really like, oh, like, really. Because I would have been about eight, I guess, around the time. It was 95, so, yeah, we would have been around eight yeah. when that came out. And uh, I remember, like, there's a whole, there's a bit of the, when that woman who's with Simon Gruber, she's got, like, a kind of, like, a hook knife thing. I remember she does a whole big oh, kind of yeah. balletic killing of people, and there's, lo- there's lots of blood spraying and stuff. I remember that being like, whoa. And I remember there's a bit of McLean in a lift, and he has to battle with these guys, and there's a lot of blood there. And then I remember there's a bit that's kind of like echoed, a bit of an echo of his fight with Carl, but it's him up against an, another kind of looming tall guy. I remember it's, yeah, McLean just getting <laughs> the absolute crap knocked out of him. I remember being, re- as, as a kid, finding it very disturbing about how violent it was. Whereas now, I'd be like, ah, whatever, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Sometimes kids need a little bit of violence in their life. They do. Like, kids like, kids kind of enjoy it in a way, even if it freaks them out. It's a bit like horror movies. Like, I think kids like gross things and and being scared. Yeah, like, when I was little, I'll never forget. I think the first thing that I saw, uh, I must have been like, well, I must have been like three or even younger. Because it's like one of my first memories of being in a movie theater and my mom was watching. Because, you know, they take the kids to the rated R movies. Who cares, right? It was the 80s. Um, <laughs> we went to watch uh, Total Recall. <laughs> oh, yes. And uh, as a child, like you're watching like the, you know, because Total Recall has some freaky bits to it. Oh, like gotcha. that, that, that Like that guy in the stomach uh, that was like that terrified thing. <laughs> Like, I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> it still does to me now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but that was one of those things where I was like, fuck, forevermore. I will never see this again the same. Like, you know, it's, it'll forever be in my head. For me, that was, I th- I'm not sure if I've mentioned it on this show. I've mentioned it on our show, definitely. For me, it was uh, Robocop. Like, when I was oh, a kid, yeah. I could watch Terminator, I could watch Predator, I could watch Alien. No problem. I was like six, you know, I'm watching these, I don't care. But Robocop. That freaked me out because when he when he gets shot up near the start, oh, in the beginning, yeah. Oh my god, that's the most horrifying thing I've ever seen. Jesus. But uh, you're saying so you saw with a vengeance first, though, Stephanie. And you, yeah, that was the first one I ever. Do you watched. remember when you first saw this one? Did you have to like sort of like? F- oh, I was a teenager. I was actually like in high school because my like ex boyfriend was in. Oh. And he's like, yeah, let's watch it. And I'm like, all right, fine. <laughs> so I was already like older. I was like, okay. Like I kind of like I knew this. I kind of knew what was happening already. Yeah. And everybody made that. You know, everybody had that joke. It's really a Christmas movie if you think about it. I'm like, you know, everybody says that. I'm like, yes, yes, yes. How many people have to tell me this? I get it. 
It's really a Christmas movie if I think about it. Okay. Well, it do you consider it a Christmas movie? Uh, yeah, I suppose I do. Why not? Yeah, well, if, 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 it, if you think about it. <laughs> <laughs> no, that is the right answer. Mm. That's definitely the right answer. In fact, isn't that why this podcast started, was to cover it over Christmas period? And, yeah. And now it's carrying on. <laughs> Although... You know, we should maintain, oh, this was all recorded before Christmas because it's insane that we would have left it this far into the new year to record this episode. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> but there was no po- point, yeah. like, from your time of seeing Die Hard with a Vengeance when they're, they're talking about oh, the, the cop, that built thing with the building in L.A. Where you it, Was your child's mind not played with, like, what happened in the building in L.A.? What was that one flash <laughs> of Alan Rickman falling out of a building about? I like that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Alan Rickman. Good man. Good man. Oh, bless him. We all yeah. love Alan. Yeah. Apparently when he was shooting Harry Potter, he was really scary to the kids. He didn't want the kids to be friendly with him so that they would, you know, when he acted with them, they would be genuinely freaked out oh. by him. <laughs> well, it worked. It comes across in the in the finished product. It could be as well. as just like, I don't want to have to talk to these kids all the time. <laughs> I am totally thinking that must have been part of it. And that's cool. Because, I'm okay with that. Yeah, I mean, not in a nasty way, but like, what the hell would he talk to these kids about? <laughs> That'd be the most awkward conversation of all time. Mm. Jesus. Yeah, it's a baby. I think I, I would do that practice as well. Just like, well, I need to return the sense of alienation from the children, so I'll mm-hmm. just be impersonal. <laughs> it's, it's like, just re- hanging about him and Helen and Bonham Carter re- hanging out. I was like, thank God, I don't have to talk to those kids. <laughs> Did you ever uh, watch uh, The Family Guy, the Alan Rickman answering machine? <laughs> no, I don't think so. <laughs> oh, my God, no. You guys have never seen no. that? No. The, oh, my God. Look it up on, like, YouTube. It's like, uh, he's like, you know, it's obviously an impersonation, but it's like, yeah, the Alan Rickman answering machine. And, like, this is Alan Rickman. Like, this is Alan Rickman to himself. It's, it's quite funny. It's funny. <laughs> I, I will do it no justice, oh. so better off. You hit it sounds to amazing either way, let me tell you. Don't, don't let me taint it. But uh, but yeah, I think that unless anyone else has anything you want to chuck in, I think I'm I'm no, good no, to. I think uh, that's good. It's a good day to die hard. Yeah, good day to wrap up die hard. No, nope. uh, I know Stephanie, you've got because uh, you do a lot of stuff on YouTube, but I know you've got it's a it's a mini series coming out at some point. Okay, so I have a mini series coming out, which is I would like to call it a mini series. It's not. It's got like seven episodes. I think that's beyond a mini series. It's a regular series. <laughs> Uh, it's called Drowning in Sunshine, and uh, it should be released soonish. I assume on Amazon Prime. It depends what I'm thinking about. But uh, I literally hey. am just chasing down my um, sound mixer guy. Like I sent him a message today, like angrily, because I'm I'm not a nice boss. If you work for me, uh, I I will hunt you down like a dog. If you don't <laughs> so have get my it stuff, done. yeah, get get it done. Um, I have a very bossy personality, so that's why I'm a, I work in directing a lot. So. Uh, yeah, Drowning in Sunshine should be coming out in the next couple weeks, and then I have a comic book that I'm working on, which is called Lemon Drop, but I was going to release it as a comic book, but I've changed my mind, even though it is a comic oh. book, so here's the deal, what's happening with that. I have a guy coming tomorrow to start to give me After Effects lessons, and I don't know if you guys ever heard of uh, Parallelics, have you ever seen this idea? The concept is when you see a still image. I don't know if you guys have Netflix. Do you guys have Netflix? Yeah. yeah, Either. yeah. All right. You know when you're watching Netflix and it goes into like, you know, that uh, the screensaver mode where all the pictures are just moving ever so slightly? Mm. Yes. Mm. But they're still images, but they're moving? Yeah. Um, okay. I like so that. I like that. So, yeah. That's called parallelics. And essentially you have to trick like uh, your image into thinking that it's 3D. So I have a tutor coming tomorrow to teach me this technique because I will go through my comic book and do this with every single like uh, 
frame of it, oh. essentially. That's the plan. And then I have a lot of actor friends, and I'm going to turn it into an audio play. Oh. So it's an audio play oh. with the Parallelix kind of semi-animation in it. So I'm going to release cool. it. I'm going to release it like that. So the first episode. Let me give myself a deadline. Uh, let me see. I'll, I'll say <laughs> like within the next three months, uh, I should try something. I should have oh, something out. Yeah. Well, what's it actually uh, like about though? Because you want to sell it to people, oh, it's gonna be okay. like, oh, something. <laughs> I just know it's a moving it's picture. All but... right. So, so like I always try to tell people because I'm really bad with long lines and things like that. I'm like, okay, what if the post apocalypse was fun? You know, it's not dreary. <laughs> it's not the goddamn road. What you have is like in, in a very basic concept. It's uh, what if everyone nowadays, like like ninety percent of humans, just died, like Black Plague style, wiped us out within like a few years, right? So, and it's 50 years after that. So everybody thinks like, you know, oh, you know, whenever you see a post-apocalypse movie, it's like all people have died and everything looks like a desert. I'm like, well, actually, you know, if humans died off, you know, nature comes back. I don't know if you guys have ever seen Chernobyl or things like that. Uh, oh, yeah. It yeah. actually looks incredibly green. So the idea is that like nature comes back and um, the story is about like the this uh, chick in a small town. And she's the only nuclear engineer left in the town. And she re- realizes, you know, they have a power plant because power plants are still around. And she's like, oh, crap, you know, we're running out of uranium. And if we don't, like, refuel this power plant, we are going to have a meltdown and everyone's going to die. So we got to figure this out. So, yeah, that's kind of the concept is her trying to figure out, like, you know, how to get more uranium through her little misadventures. And it's kind of like a like an action comedy. Hmm. Well, I'm, I'm yeah, assuming if you've got, like, a... nuclear technician working in a power plant, there's got to be there's got to be room for Simpsons references in that. Oh, I should. I should have more than I do. You know, good question. My surprise to it is like I have a a friend of mine and he used to work for Marvel and he's, you know, he used to do actual comic book writing and stuff and he's doing one now. And I talked to him before about it and he's like, well, he just gave me this one bit of advice. He's like, make sure your science checks out. And I'm like, okay. Do you know how difficult nuclear science is? Because <laughs> I found out, but in a really insane way, I like started watching like documentary after documentary after documentary. Like, how oh do they God. work? What happens? Like, I like I said, I found out about Chernobyl. Like, my story is a bit based off of Fukushima because I used to live in Japan during that time. I remember the rolling blackouts and like you know what exactly went down there. So yeah, it's a uh, it's kind of that. It's kind of like a, a dark comedy about like a. Uh, and the last nuclear engineer in like the fun post-apocalypse, except people still want to kill you, and uh, in a but, fun you way. Know, but it's almost like you know the thing is like people are always so dreary in these in these situations. I'm like, well, she was already born into it, so to her, this is just regular life, you know. Mm. It's like yeah, I'm freaking Mondays, right? <laughs> but, uh, not to give you an opportunity <laughs> to name drop, but this comic book writing friend from Marvel, Stanley. You friends with Sam? No, I, I wish. Was he on I the, wish not. He's on the phone going, you got to get your science to check out. Um, I had no, to check man, that I radioactivity wish. would, and a spider would make a guy into a spider man. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I really wish that, man. That is scientifically 100% accurate. <laughs> that is exactly what would no happen. No one's ever disputed. you're not going to convince they're, me they're otherwise. They're still making Spider-Man movies. Why, if they knew it didn't work, then why would they keep making the films? That wouldn't make any sense. Exactly. Absolutely. Yeah, well, anyways, anyone who ever wants to, like, look at my work, which, of course, none of it has been released yet, but it will be soon, sorry. Uh, yeah, it's Caffeine Jedi, which is C-A-F-F-I-N-E, Jedi. And I'm on Facebook, and I'm on YouTube, where you're going to see me rant a lot. But make sure to check all that out, because that, that all sounds fantastic. That sounds great. Well, we'll I'm, see I'm excited. I'll, I'll send it to you guys way soon. Yeah, and check us out. If you, if you like us, 
Uh, our podcast, Die... Sorry, I said Die Hard Minute. <laughs> no, <laughs> Bat Minute 89 is available everywhere, 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 everywhere. Uh, look us up on Facebook uh, and Twitter. Just put in Bat Minute 89. We'll, we'll come up first thing. Um, or if you want to get in touch with this show, there's a Twitter account. It's at Die Hard Minute. There's a Facebook page, Die Hard with a Podcast Listener's Limo. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Every time I say that. I can never remember it all. I, I literally have to write that down. Uh, and then there's the website, diehardminute.com. And if you'd like to catch up with other Movies by Minutes podcasts, uh, you can go to the website, moviesbyminutes.com, for more information. And there's hundreds of shows on there now, isn't there? Isn't there like 100 I plus? I thought it was 74, but like, that, was a, that was like a month oh, ago. I'm, so maybe I'm exaggerating. <laughs> oh my I thought God. it was like 120 <laughs> or something. But okay, seven, 75, we'll say, just for the sake of ease. Screw it. I try not to look at the site because then I'll see all the ones that I haven't had the time to listen to yet and feel really bad. Uh, I'm getting through them, guys. Don't worry. I'm, I'm listening to your shows. <laughs> it's just going to take me a while. It's going to take me a while. But yes, so join us again tomorrow because we'll be back for more Die Hard. Or maybe another movie. Who knows, Niall? Who knows? Maybe we'll be covering something different tomorrow. Let's see. I, I, I couldn't possibly comment, John. I'm sorry. <laughs> the listeners will have to just come back from hopefully minute 85 of Die Hard. But if not, something else equally yeah. as fun. See you then. Tell me you got that. I got it, I got it. Hit your heart on Channel 5.